Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live. These discussions are about flying higher and endeavors that make a difference. Step into possibility with integrity and intention. It's time to be creative on purpose. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm your host, Scott Perry, best-selling author of Endeavor and founder of Creative on Purpose. Learn more about me and my work at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com, where you can download the free Creative on Purpose handbook. Let's meet today's guest. Catherine Chantal, welcome to the broadcast. Please tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where they can visit to learn more about you. Hey, Scott. I'm glad to be here. My name is Catherine Chantal. been here in Floyd for almost 40 years now. It is definitely my home. And um, people can reach me. I have a website, lifeceremoniesbycatherine.com, and I have my Facebook page, and I have a Life Ceremonies page on Facebook. So, so far, that's how they can get in touch with me unless they just see me walking in the streets in Floyd. <laughs> and you've uh, you've been up to all sorts of creative enterprises these days, and in, in addition to the longstanding work you've been doing with Life Ceremonies. Tell us a little bit about that. Yep. So, um, Life Ceremonies has been something I'm doing for over 40 years. And it has been the platform for much of my creative learning and working with people, learning about myself. I guess I'm a pretty strong believer in I teach or guide what I need to learn and what I'm interested in. And I do a lot of self-discovery as well as then working with people. I think one of my biggest landscapes in this lifetime of how I learn is through relationship and being with people. So much of my learning has been through all the years that I was mothering, still mothering, but it has evolved, obviously, as all my sons are grown. So one of the things that I've very much been working on is my writing. Um, I've written for decades. Way back when, I have a piece from whence came my love of writing but that'll be in my memoir that comes out eventually. But right, right now, one of the things I'm very excited about, Scott, is um, my second book has just been published. And it is on Amazon, available, and I hope to get my own copies very soon. So I'll have some copies here, and then we'll also be putting it around in Floyd in a few places. It's just the timing is almost there, but it is ready. And it's been a different work because my first book was poetry, A Tea Poet's Journey. One of my passions and way of expressing my creativity is I've learned a lot about tea. So I wrote 30 poems about tea in A Tea Poet's Journey. <laughs> but I give tea parties. My home looks like a, a tea shop. So that was one of the ways that I could do my first writing and publish that. This book is quite different, which is kind of a summation of many of my years of inner work about kindness. Started many years ago, and I think all of my life has been leading up to it and learning about more particularly self-kindness. What does that mean? Uh, in it, I speak to what is often called being selfish, and I've changed the word because I have fun with words, like many of my friends, to self-full, not selfish. We are selfful, and for me, that represents working on self, thinking about myself, contemplating, meditating, taking care of myself. So this is called Seven 
these seven gateways to kindness. And I take the reader through my journey. Uh, just as you say in your book, Scott, I think, this is not a self-help book. <laughs> yes. This is my journey, and maybe it touches the reader somehow. That's you know? fantastic. So, yeah. Um, it's uh, so, so the common, the, the thread that I'm seeing kind of woven through all of the things that you've just described is that a lot of your creative enterprises and the endeavors that you're engaged in are coming from scratching your own itch, exploring your own challenges and your own interests. And that it's, you know, through that, that you are able to glean lessons and um, teachings that you can then share with others. Is that fair? That is very fair and exactly right. One of the things that I felt for a long time is that my life is in context and I live where I work, although I've traveled, you know, for my work, but I've learned so much from being here in beautiful Floyd, Virginia. So in context, meaning my relationships are not separate from my work. Mm -hmm. My community has nourished and supported me while I've done the same. And even this newest book, I kind of, you know, remember the Bard Affair and I would go around with my book or, around Floyd and nobody would escape me. So what do you want to do with the Bard Affair? Because I'm going to write you down right now. Well, my book is sort of a culmination of I gathered together some very, very dear friends, all of who are artists. So a couple of them have a few sketches in my book. I just said, so. I need some gateways. Could you sketch me some gateways for my book? So I have five or six people. Some of them are in my family, two granddaughters and other friends. And so they're in my book, you know, and, and a few of my poems are in my book. And I've named my little company Five Sons Book Company. Yeah. And I had the help of a, a good friend who is a publisher to help me do this. Um, it is on Amazon, so it's self-published, but I had a lot of help, not to mention the guidance and help that I've had for all the years that made me even sit down and think, I think I have something to say about kindness here. I love that. Um, it's, it's a theme in Endeavor as well, the idea of empathy starting with oneself. You know, I, I think it's hard to express kindness and understanding and to see and hear and feel somebody else's situation if you're not paying very close attention, if you're not able to pay very close attention and provide yourself with the same um, level of generosity and kindness. So I, I love that that impulse. And I love this, you've touched on community and relationships several times, and it's been the common theme with all of the Floyd-based um, business people and artists mm -hmm. that I've talked to is how deeply the community of Floyd, Virginia has uh, in, impacted our work and obviously you and I know each other in and about town and and we've both been involved in doing work you know both with and for the the people that live in the the, the county that we live in um what, what are what are some of the 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 biggest benefits uh of of living and working in a small town like Floyd and and it, I'd also be interested to hear if you you've had any challenges and how you might have addressed those? Hmm. Uh, yeah, there were challenges and they were probably mostly my own. <laughs> I, I came to Floyd because 
what I knew years ago was that I wanted to live in the country with people that wanted some of the same things for their children. So when I first came to Floyd, I have to admit, I was not that open. I helped begin Blue Mountain School and sometimes homeschooled my children. Um, so one of the challenges, which I wouldn't have known when I was younger, was that it was my own judgments. <laughs> yeah. You know, to look at what am I judging? And, you know, one of the things I learned, it's like, well, I'm a parent sitting on the baseball bleachers like all the other parents. And, um, and now I love it because Floyd, I think I'm more open and Floyd is more open as well. And of course, one of my challenges was also, um, I was a single mom for a long, long time and community was always here supporting me. Yet there were times when it was very much of a challenge just to realize that responsibility that I had yet. Um, I'm sure you've spoken with other people and I just mentioned this to someone else. It's our challenges. Ah, here's a great one I'm going to tell you. One of my favorite books is The Book of Joy, an edited book by the, with the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. And one of Desmond Tutu's statements, you know, the Archbishop of South Africa, one of the archbishops of, I forget which denomination, you know, in South Africa. I repeat this a lot and I feel it. We don't become who we are in spite of what's happened to us, we become who we are because of what's happened to us, Scott. And that just becomes more and more real and true in my life. And it helps shape my life in a way to see that it's in context and that I do what I do now because even of some of the challenges that I've been through. Yeah, well, I, I mean, things, things like pearls and diamonds uh, shine brighter because of friction and because you know it's 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 by meeting resistance that we become stronger and more resilient and uh, we are can only get better um, when we are facing challenges and and oftentimes in a small town like this we find ourselves doing that together and one of the many many benefits um the, one of the things that I think yes about being in a small town too is um, is you're on the hook. I mean, you, you can't get away, you know, like if you're in New York city and you're one of, you know, millions, you can, you can have a bad day and behave badly and it probably, you know, will not come back to bite you, um, in the fanny. Whereas, uh, you know, we are kind of have to be a little bit more sometimes responsible and respectful, even in moments when, you know, there may be um, stress or challenge that, that, you know, we're facing at some point, we're all going to bump into each other at the post office. So it pays to be kind, you know, to, to play into your theme. The other thing that I love what you were just saying is just this idea of, you know, um, having teachers, what you were saying about Desmond Tutu and, and the Dalai Lama, who, who are some of the most impactful teachers that you've had? Uh, and it can be from your childhood, from your adolescence, from your young adulthood, or, or, or currently, who, who are the yeah. people that are really impacting well, the journey? What I say when I, you know, I offer ceremonies and, and read different things and quote from people where I go, okay, here's a poem or something from one of my top five. Now, you know, my first top five are my sons, as you know, yet um, my top five are the Dalai Lama, Richard Rohr, a Franciscan priest, 
John O'Donoghue, who is not here any longer, but steeped, steeped in Celtic Christianity. David White, mm. an incredible poet who writes, he's a philosopher poet. And actually I feel like that's, okay, I wrote all about these tea poems, but my new work, which I'm working on too, Poems for Eldering, it's all about the philosophy, my philosophy of eldering. Then of course, one last guy would be Leonard Cohen. <laughs> wow, excellent. Yeah, Hallelujah continues to be one of the most taught songs in my guitar studio, but it's interesting. I've only come across David White in the last couple of years, um, but mm -hmm. his poem, Everything everything is Waiting for You, I think is is what it's called. Oh, it's one of my favorite, one of my absolute favorite po poems of all time, and I, I, right. I and I do read a fair amount of poetry. So he's he's a brilliant, yes. uh, brilliant man and, and a real teacher in addition to he being really is, a, yeah. a mystic and a poet and a philosopher as yes. well. What about, um, you know, I think that people like you and I and a lot of the other folks that I'm interviewing, we don't necessarily think about mistakes the way that other people do. Mistakes are just opportunities mm -hmm. for us to become yeah. better people or, or to um, practice, you know, um, practice the virtues of patience and acceptance and, and resilience and so forth. But, you know, the life of a person um, being self-employed and in pursuing creative endeavor, whether that's, you know, purely artistic or, or business related mm -hmm. as well. Um, it's fraught with challenges and misfortunes and obstacles. What's, what's a, a time in your past or present when you were really, when you either made a mistake, made what other people would call a mistake or faced what other people would call a significant challenge and how did you overcome it? Yeah. Well, that is a question of the, of anyone's life, right, Scott? I mean, that's a big question. Uh, so I'm gonna talk about one without saying what it was because what I, because what I've learned, I think I'll speak to what, how did I get through it? Um, one thing is faith. And my faith is in the universe. It's mm -hmm. not a particular belief system. My faith, faith is in that I am a person who's in this universe and I'm recognized by the universe. And this is some of the theme in my newest book. The last chapter is called Inheritance. You know, so it's self-kindness through inheritance. I inherit all that this universe offers to me. And within that, it also means the challenges you're talking about. So the other way that I would, the other aspect that I would say is so important is forgiveness. Now, we all, most of us grew up, forgive other people, forgive other people. Well. You know, in my book, I'm talking about what does it mean to forgive myself for mm -hmm. some of those or a mistake or something that I wish hadn't happened. Mm -hmm. um, because until I forgive myself, I am having a disconnect with the universe. I have this energy that's a blockage to any creativity or going forward. And it didn't just happen. And it doesn't happen for me by reading books, although all of that, my meditation and reading what other people say. In my chapter, Forgiveness, I, there's one of my poems that I put in because it was about, well, everyone, hopefully you'll get the book and you'll read it. But how forgiveness came to me in 
sort of a numinous way. It wasn't conscious. I was a little bit altered because I was listening and present to a symphony and had nothing to do with it. I didn't know I was thinking about myself. I was just totally in the music. And what can I say, Scott? There was a voice. It wasn't out there. It was in here. You are forgiven. Wow. Yeah. It was an amazing experience. And that's just how much of my life happens because I ask for it and I ask to be open to hearing in many ways. It's interesting. We had um, Chip Conley, who I've spoken to you about, um, who's who's also interested in this idea of what it, what does it mean to be a modern elder? And he speaks to this idea of the liminal state. And the liminal state is yes. akin to what happens to a caterpillar uh, as in its in its journey to becoming a, a butterfly goes through this liminal state inside the chrysalis mm-hmm. and and in our lives. Um, and you know, there's not anybody that I've spoken to and nobody that's tuning in that has not had some sort of, um, you know, uh, an experience that was challenging or perhaps even traumatic happened to them. And it's, I think of those as liminal moments because when you are in that, in a situation where you are feeling, experiencing trauma, um, things slow down, things become very closed in and, you know, you're kind of forced into a state of kind of presence, like, and and sometimes a, a, a state of stasis. And, but you're, you're in that moment. Uh, and in that time, you're, you're going through pro you're processing, and you have choices to come through that stronger, and perhaps more beautiful and more butterfly-like. And of course you have, you know, the chance for the opposite to happen. Uh, But um, again, speaking to, you know, the, the importance of what you, you opened with the internal work is really important. And then we have to be able to be present and available and, and willing to allow others into that um, process to say that, you know, we need help or, you know, look to yes. guides, look to the teachers and so forth. Yeah. yeah, that was really, really beautiful, beautifully stated. Um, I, I don't want to leave without, um, touching a little bit on what I've kind of, I've known you, um, all of the 20 years that we've, we've known each other as this person that per- performs life ceremonies. So I'd love for you to just yeah. Yeah. touch on, you know, how, how did that come about and why, why is that work important to you? Yeah. So I guess it came about because I needed it. <laughs> I, I left where, you know, I grew up or in the, the way that I was brought up. Yet my babies were born, Scott. I did a blessing. It just made sense. So then I moved to Floyd and, and I began with baby blessings because it felt like an honoring. Mm-hmm. And then I needed a women's circle. I started a women's circle. And within that, you know, and I led it for almost 20 years on and off. And then then our children got a little older. So um, coming of age ceremonies for um, girls. I used to do sweat lodge ceremonies. And I went to many Native American teachers, you know, to learn that. And it just makes sense to me. I mean, the mystery of the universe is with us every day and to pay attention. You know, I live at Zephyr Community. We offered so many ceremonies over the year for the cross-quarter days and holy days of certain, you know, pagan um, 
calendars. And it is very, very personal. And I wanted it, so I offered it. Then people start, well, could you perform our wedding ceremony? So I I was doing it, and, and then, I, as you know, I can do it legally. And, of course, I've also had the blessing, the gratitude to offer memorial services for many of our friends. And rites, rites of passage, you know, from the smallest little ritual to drinking your cup of tea or coffee in the morning, to sharing with a friend, to really acknowledging the rites of passage that happen. I used to do these probably to the embarrassment of some of my sons, the graduation parties for them and have everybody go around and talk to them about what they saw in them because being recognized, right? Being recognized, which brings me to this one that I've named a new ceremony. I've done a few and it's called, new word, a viva logi. Oh, wow. A ceremony while you are still alive, not so you can hear what everybody feels about you as as you've aged. Do you know, uh, so it's a new one. I've only done a few, but since you're asking about it, you know, I just think it's valuable to, it's a way to honor elders and for people to hear for the person themselves and the rest of the community to come together and honor someone because it's a self-kindness. Honoring others is also honoring ourselves. So for me, yeah, my life is filled with ceremony and, and sharing. I love it. It reminds me a little bit of, um, there's a, there's a a term that I learned from uh, my friend and mentor, Seth Godin, that says it's a Zulu word, sawabona. Are you familiar with this word? Oh yes. But remind me. Yes, I do know it. Yeah. So it's, I think a literal translation would be, I see you, but it's yeah, not just, yeah. it's not just that, you know, we're making eye contact, but that we are actually present together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that there's this very much deeper connection yeah. and caring. And it's a, it's a, it's, I see it as a statement of compassion, which is to me, the step beyond empathy. It's one thing to be able to see here and understand somebody, but um, th- when we, step into the more energized uh, expression, uh, the more active expression of compassion by actually helping somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be obviously, you know, experience helping them in, in through a joyful experience, but oftentimes we associate with something that's more challenging, but that's uh, just, as you were describing your ceremonies, I yeah. was kind of hearing that concept. It's a, it's a beautiful word and a beautiful practice. Catherine, it's um, delightful to, to uh, so as is always happens with my oldest friends and Floyd, <laughs> I had these conversations and learned all sorts of yeah. things that I didn't know before. I do have a question that I love to end um, this this broadcast with, and that is, you know, this this is a broadcast for people that are either ready to start an enterprise where they seek to make a difference with and for people they care about or are trying to level up in an enterprise like that. So if you had just one tip, one piece of advice that you could give listeners that would help them fly higher in an endeavor that makes a difference, what would that be? to listen, listen to yourself. And mindful is a word that's used and overused in some ways. That means paying attention and having intention and trusting that. 
I love it. Intention is one of my favorite words, and that was beautifully stated. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Catherine and I really appreciate you lending us some of your valuable time and attention, and we hope that today's broadcast motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. Catherine, please remind our viewers where they can connect with you online. Yep. So my website is lifeceremoniesbycatherine.com. And then I have a Facebook page and a uh, Life Ceremonies Facebook page as well. And then, yeah, walking around Floyd and, and hopefully, you know, you can either write to me and ask for my book or it's right on Amazon. And um, yeah, I hope to have another book in the not too far future. All about eldering. So go ahead and share the title of, of your current book. The recently released one. What's the title? These Seven Steps to Kindness. Fantastic. And of course, it's always great to hear from you at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. Now, go out and make a difference and keep flying higher. Catherine Chantal, thanks so much for being on the broadcast today. Thanks, Scott. It was great to be with you.